Would you open your Bible to the book of Hebrews chapter 12? Hebrews chapter 12. In fact, would you stand to your feet? We honor the reading of God's word in this house. Hebrews chapter 12 in verse 25. I just want to welcome again those who are joining us online. I'm so glad you guys are able to, to participate. And can I just say, can I just say, do you know, I talked to another pastor this last week, a uh, pastor's a very significant church, and um, still they've got about a quarter of their people who have returned back to church. And they've been going for about a month and a half now. And I just, I just want to let you guys know that what God is doing in KC is very unique, and, it, and it's a blessing. I mean, uh, do you realize that we, uh, between our first, our second, our midweek service was, was jam-packed? I mean, it's wild. We've hardly had a, a midweek service like that, and our weekly attendance is almost 80% of what it has been uh, before we went into this, uh, this lockdown. And that's, I mean, that's the grace of God. Uh, I, I'm hesitant to throw around the word, uh, but I feel like God might just be giving us revival that we've been contending for and believing for wouldn't that be like god that in the midst of all of this craziness that god would just say you know what i'm gonna pour out my spirit in a way that people have never seen before and oh i just believe for that but hebrews chapter 12 verse 25 are you there i'm reading out of the passion translation this morning uh, you can use whatever one, but if you want to follow exactly, and I think we'll get it up on the screens here as well. This is what it says. Make very sure you never refuse to listen to God when he speaks. Who? That'll preach in and of itself. For the God who spoke on earth from Sinai is the same God who speaks from heaven. Those who heard him speak his living word on earth found nowhere to hide. So what chance is there for us to escape? If we turn our backs on God and refuse to hear his warnings as he speaks from heaven, the earth was rocked at the sound of his voice from the mountain. But now he has promised once and for all, I will not only shake the systems of the world, but also the unseen powers in the heavenly realm. This phrase, once and for all, clearly indicates the final removal of things that are shaking. That is, the old order. So not only what is unshakable will remain. I'm sorry, so only what is unshakable will remain. Since we're receiving our rights to an unshakable kingdom. I want you to say those two words with me right now. Everybody say, unshakable kingdom. Are you a part of the unshakable kingdom? I hope so. We'll make sure before the day's done. We are receiving our rights to an unshakable kingdom. We should be extremely thankful and offer God the purest worship that delights his heart as we lay down our lives in absolute surrender, filled with awe, for God is a holy, devouring, or consuming fire. Oh my goodness. Let's pray and let's ask the Lord's hand over this time together. Mighty God, I just thank you for your presence that's already in this place. Lord, we've already had a sense of you moving and ministering in our midst. Uh, and we just thank you, Lord. We ask you right now to come by your Holy Spirit. Come on, if you've got the liberty to pray in the Spirit, let's just invite him right now to come. Holy Spirit, we ask you to come and to fill this place. Lord, release your anointing that I will preach under the authority of God Almighty as I 
I ought to as I bring forth your word. I pray for an anointing to rest upon your people, Lord, that we would hear and receive what it is you're speaking to us today. And God, I bind every work of the enemy, he who would seek to distract, uproot, distort, twist the word of God. I just command you, leave this place in the mighty name of Jesus. Let there be a liberty as we receive your word today, Jesus. Oh, we love you, mighty God, and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, you may be seated. The kingdom is increasing. Do you know that? The kingdom of God is increasing. We do not see it yet in its fullness, but I want to talk today about the kingdom normal. If you're taking notes, that's the title of the message. Everybody say, the kingdom normal. Well, what in the world is that? You know, I've heard a lot of talk recently about the new normal. The new normal. And uh, I, I apologize to the first service, and I'm going to apologize to you as well, because I'm, I'm going to come out the gate making some strong statements. But can I just remind you, there is nothing normal about having to wear a mask everywhere you go. That's not normal. And that's not going to be the new normal. There's nothing normal about not being able to hug somebody or give them a handshake or kiss them on the... That's not normal. It's not normal to not be able to go to a baby shower or a birthday party or a high school graduation. That's not... That is not normal. And we should not receive it as normal. I, I don't believe that it's normal to have to sit at home for three months on lockdown or quarantine not working... That's not normal. Fear in being gripped. I can't, I can't get on an airplane or I might get a disease. No, that is not normal. And I want you to understand, man. You, you see, our, our ushers made you have hand sanitizer coming in here. They made you sit down with people that you can't. I, I'm not taking this lightly. And I'm not one of those conspiracy theory like, oh, there's no such thing as corona. I know there is. We have family and friends who have, who have actually got it. And we take it seriously. And so I'm not talking about being reckless. I'm not talking about being foolish. I want you to understand. But there are things that the world is saying, this is the new normal. And my question is, what do we as a body of believers receive as normal? What is the kingdom normal. If we're to look in the word of God and say, Lord, I, I want to I filter everything in life through your word and what you say should happen in this day and age, that's where I want to be. There's a, there's a concept. I made the statement that the kingdom of God is increasing. Did you know that there are two kingdoms in operation in the world today? There's only two. It's not the kingdom of Hawaii and the kingdom of uh, the United States and the kingdom of this and the king. No, there's two kingdoms that are, that are ruling and reigning on the earth right now. You have the kingdom of God and you have the kingdom of darkness. You might call it the kingdom of light in the kingdom of darkness or the kingdom of, of God in the kingdom of Satan. Whatever you want to call it, there's two primary kingdoms that are operating on the world today. And can I just remind you, one of those kingdoms is going to increase and advance until Jesus himself comes back to rule it as king and lord over all the earth. And the other kingdom, the kingdom of darkness, will ultimately 
fall. It will ultimately fail. In fact, all of the kingdoms of the earth, the Bible just said, will be shaken. And I want to encourage you today. How many of you have had a sense, boy, uh, my life has been shaken over the last few months. I mean, I think all of us have, haven't we? We've got corona, we've had murder hornets, we've had, uh, 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 I mean, what else? I mean, it's just like every month. I saw a picture this last week that came online and uh, uh, my wife sent it to me and it, it said, it was this lady who is kind of hunched over, just kind of looking and trying to figure out what chapter of Revelation we're going to do today. Has anybody felt like that? Like what in the world is going on? I just want to tell you, what we see happening right now is just a taste of what is going to happen in that time. I don't think we've stepped into the tribulation, but I think God gives us these kinds of precursors like, hey, listen, Jesus prophesied there would be pestilence and disease that would increase just before he returned. Jesus prophesied, this is all in Matthew 24, he prophesied we would see ethnic wars between different, different ethnic groups. We see that like wildfire all across our, Jesus prophesied that that would happen. We see tensions constantly in different nations warring against what Jesus prophesied that would happen. Now they're talking about, oh, you know, Big Island's going to erupt again. And uh, Jesus said we would see an increase in volcanoes and earthquakes and all. There's all these things that Jesus said, these are going to happen. And so it begs the question, how do we as the people of God respond? If we know Jesus said this is going to increase, well, how do we, how do we move in this thing? Well, I want to I help you out today. Are you, are you ready for some help? Okay. I want you to look, and I think we've got this coming up on the screen. You just take this verse down, Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. This is a foundation for something that's very important for all of us to understand. Like, how do you know the kingdom of God's going to win, Pastor? How do you know we're doing This is a prophecy. We always read this around Christmas, but this is what it says. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. Who's that child? Who's that son? Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. Yeah, and it says uh, uh, the government or kingdom will be upon Jesus' shoulders. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase, everyone say increase. increase. Of the increase of his kingdom, there will be no end. And he said that he will establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. That means when Jesus, so you understand, just so you understand, there was a prophet by the name of John the Baptist who came just before Jesus came to this earth. And his message was very simple. Repent. Get right with God. Because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You know what it means to have something at hand? It means that it's within reach. It's within grasp. All of these prophets were looking forward to a day. Isaiah the Lord was showing him one day, many years from now, there's going to be a child born and the new kingdom is going to be upon his shoulders. But John the Baptist, he stands up and says, guys, it's not far off. It's at hand. We can lay hold of it. And then here comes Jesus. And Jesus said one of the most incredible things. He said, when you see me cast out demons by the spirit of God, you'll know that the kingdom of God has come. And that's exactly what happened. We watched Jesus drive out demons. He empowered his disciples. And you know what that is? It was the beginning of the breaking down of the kingdom of darkness. 
Now, it's not just Satan having his heyday upon the earth. Now, when a man or a woman of God, full of the Holy Ghost, covered by the blood of Jesus, steps onto a scene, we say, Satan, you can't have this land any longer. No, this territory belongs to God Almighty. This is no longer for the kingdom of darkness. This is now for the kingdom of Almighty God. In the, and Isaiah prophesied that that kingdom would increase. It would grow. It would advance. And the advancement of that kingdom would see no end. This is very, very important for us to, to grasp. And so I, I look at this and in, in, in looking at our text here in Hebrews, there was a very important moment that happened here. You understand God led the children of Israel out of Egypt. And as they came out of Egypt, they came to a mountain called Sinai. And this cloud began to descend upon that mountain. And I mean, it was frightening. You can read about it in Hebrews 12. It's just earlier. And you can read the actual account in the book of Exodus. Uh, but God came down on that mountain. And it talks about the earth shook. talks about lightning. It talks about fire. It talks about darkness. And there was fear upon all the people. Have you ever seen God show up in a way? that actually scared you? Has anybody ever experienced that? I've had a couple prayer times where it's like I felt like God the Father just stepped into the room and I just hit my face on the ground. It was one of those moments. You remember that story about Moses where, where he says, God, I want to I see your glory. And he's like, you can't see my glory, you'll die. And he pushed him into a rock, let him see his, his backside. And I just had this thought, I'm like, God just stepped into this room and if I look up right now, I'm going to die. Has anybody, have a, has anybody ever felt anything like that? I mean, it's, it, we, we pray, God, show us your glory. But when God shows up, it's a frightening thing. And that's exactly what happened. God leads them here to this mountain. And God says, come up, I want to talk to you. But here he is, this, this cloud of, of fire and darkness. And it's frightening. And you get this booming voice that comes up. And the people told Moses, Moses, uh, you, why don't you go for us? And that's exactly what happened. Moses goes up there. In fact, Hebrews says that Moses, you know what his response was? He said, I'm exceedingly afraid. And he was trembling before that mountain. But we know what happens. He goes up onto that mountain. The Lord speaks to him. He has an encounter with God. He gives him instruction. He gives him prophecy. In fact, one of the prophecies, he's even talking about Jesus and what his ministry is going to look like one day. He met God on that mountain. And can I just remind you, we will see the kingdoms of the earth shaken. That is promise. The Bible says everything that can be shaken will be shaken. But I want you to understand that when we see the world powers around us shaken, there is a kingdom of God that cannot be shaken. And every time the foundation of the earth is weakened, it means that the kingdom of God is coming in greater measure, in greater capacity. I'm telling you, as we watch the world systems and economic systems and political systems, we will watch them fail. And I'm not coming as a gloom and doom preacher. I'm just telling you, there's going to be a time where God says, it's not going to be any of that anymore. It's only me. It's only the kingdom of God. It's only the kingdom of heaven. And we see that increasing. We see that happening right now 
It's beginning to happen. This is why, by the way, I believe for God to move in increasing measure. This is why I believe for miracles to happen in greater capacity. Because I believe the coming of Christ is very soon. I believe it's very soon. But I want to give you, you want to know what the benefits of being a part of the kingdom of God are? I want to give you a few things this morning. Benefits to being a part of the kingdom of God. First of all, number one, this is a kingdom normal. This should be normal in the kingdom of God. Write this down. Security in identity. Security in identity. That should be normal for us. We should know who we are in Jesus Christ, and we should be secure in that. We should know I am a son or a daughter of the Most High God and be confident in that. You know, I've met all throughout my life, and you guys have too, I'm sure. You meet these, you know, young, young people that are just so confident. And it's just, you, you know what, usually it is. I'm, sometimes, I mean, I, and I'm not talking about like an insecurity confident, but I'm just talking about these kids that just, they know they're cool. They know they're awesome. They know they're smart. They know they're the best. And you want to know what that usually comes from? Usually comes from mom or dad constantly telling them, you're the best. You're awesome. You're the greatest. You're the fastest. You're the most handsome. You're the most beautiful. And uh, I mean, my wife talks about her father and how, you know, he wouldn't let them buy like 17 magazines and, uh, you know, all this kind of stuff to compare themselves to what these models in magazines look like. But the dad would always just, you know, you girls are the most beautiful girls that I've ever seen. And he would just really just, I mean, just build them up. And my wife, she talks about how she has never struggled with her identity. She's never struggled with her image or feeling like comparing to this or that. And, uh, and it's sad when you meet somebody who is. But I, I do my part as a, as a father to tell Mariah, Mariah, is Mariah in the room? No, she's not. But I tell her, Mariah, you're so beautiful. Wow, Mariah, you're so pretty. How are you getting so tall, Mariah? Wow, your dark skin is so beautiful, Mariah. I want her to feel confident about every single part of her because you want to know why? You want to know why people turn to addiction? You want to know why people burn things when they've got some racism thing that's coming against them? You want to know why people end up going from relationship to relationship to relationship? I'm telling most of this comes down to one issue. They don't know who they are in Christ Jesus. They lack identity. If I knew, listen, I, I'm, I've got, I, I'm like a, a racial mutt. I don't even know what I am. I'm like, I, I, I'm, I'm a Mexican, and I, I got the Mexican last name, but I grew up in an only white town. But, but the fact of the matter is, I never grew up insecure about my skin color or about anything about me because, uh, because I had a mom and a dad who esteemed me highly. And I just grew up thinking, you know, boy, uh, what do they call it? Hoppa, mix. Is that right? It's, uh, I mean, that's, oh, that's the best. And that's what I tell people. You could tell, like, oh, you're, you're a racial mix. You know, my brother is that. He's black and Hispanic. And, uh, boy, that's just the way it ought to be. Praise God. And, uh, and I love it. I love it. I didn't struggle with any insecurity in that measure. But I tell you, out of fatherlessness is where people turn to addiction. I'm going to feed this, this need. I need to feed this approval. I need to feed this wound. And, and I'm telling you, you may or may not get that. I mean, as a father, as parents in this place, please. Be that for your children. But at the end of the day, did you know, in the kingdom of God, each and every one of us have a wonderful heavenly father. 
who gives us good gifts and he loves us and he calls us and he speaks things over our life. He encourages us. He blesses us. He has an inheritance for us. He's calling us. I mean, he just thinks that you're the greatest thing in the world. He thought enough of you that he would lay down his life because he wanted to be with you. I mean, my, my goodness, we should have security in our identity. Revelation 1.6 actually says this, that he, Jesus, made us to rule as, king, as a kingly priesthood to serve uh, his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever. Did you know you are kingly? You are a king, you are a queen in the eyes of God Almighty. You are a priest in the eyes of God. I want you to look at one neighbor, I want you to look to your right, and I want you to say, I'm a king. Or if you're a lady, say, I'm a queen. Come on. I want you to look at your other neighbor right now, and I want you to say, I'm a priest. A priestess. Okay, sure, why not? You understand, you're your identity in Christ Jesus, you are royalty. I mean, think about that. You are, oh my goodness. It's just, it's beyond imagination. I need to move on because I got some other stuff that I want to get to. But you have an inheritance. You have an inheritance. You know, the nor normal for the world is broken relationships, multiple divorces, addiction. You know, you could give into drug addiction, pill addiction, whatever it is. Psychologists, psychiatrists, psy psycho, whatever it is. And I I'm just telling you, that's normal for the world. That's not the kingdom normal. That's not the kingdom. Kingdom normal you have an inheritance, you have an identity, and we need to be secure in that. Second, second thing here, the kingdom normal, the second kingdom normal I want to talk about is awesome worship. Oh, I like this. Everybody ought to get excited about awesome worship. Hebrews 12, 28, I read this verse just a moment ago. Since we are receiving our rights to an unshakable kingdom, here's how we respond. We should be extremely thankful and offer God the purest Worship that delights his heart as we lay down our lives in absolute surrender, filled with awe. That means, like, I mean, have you ever had those moments where it's like, oh, I mean, just awe, like, it means just awesome. You were just filled with awe. It's like you're speechless. Guys, I believe our worship should look like that. Where we just have these moments as we reflect upon God and His goodness and the way that He's moving in our lives and in our midst. And it's just like, God, you are awesome. I can't even describe, I can't, I don't even have words for how incredible and amazing you are. I'm telling you guys, we should be the most praising and, and, and excited people, even in the midst. Because you know what the new normal is? Well, I'm a victim. The new normal is, uh, I didn't get a trophy, woe is me, you know. This is, the, this is the world's normal, it's ridiculous, it drives me crazy, you know. I believe in sports that have winners and losers, and the winners can call the losers losers. I believe in that, you want to know why? Because it'll put a fire in the losers, I don't want to be a loser next season. <laughs> Some of you might not agree with me on that. That's fine. You know, Jesus calls everybody a winner. Okay, sure. That's fine. But um, 
But the kingdom normally, we, we, we take this victim posture. Nothing is my fault. Nothing is my deal. It's all, it's all everybody else. And they hurt me and they wounded me. And I, yeah, that happens. But at the end of the day, even in the midst of the world being shaken to its foundation, we should be a people that things could be, I mean, on fire and just consumed around us. And at the end of the day, we're saying, God, you are amazing. God, you are incredible. God, I worship you. And I thank you, Lord, you're preserving me through this trial. I thank you. You will be with me in the valley of the shadow of death. God, I thank you that you are going to bring me through this season. God, the economy can turn upside down, but you're going to take care of me. Lord, you supply my every need. I mean, you just begin calling on the Lord. We ought to be the most worship-filled people on the planet. Number three, kingdom normal, supernatural provision. I hope you're taking notes. I want you to write that down. Supernatural provision. Did you know it is normal for God to provide for his people. That should not be, I mean, I, I praise God, I hear miracle testimonies all the time, but that should not be unusual. For the people of God who trust the Lord with their finances, I believe with all of my heart, God wants to prosper us. And all the more as we see the kingdom of God advancing on the earth, we're going to see that in increasing measure. In fact, one of the things that's incredible, you understand when God moved the children of Israel out of Egypt, one of the things is, you, you can see this in Exodus 12, verse 36, it says, The Lord give, gave them favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that they let them have what they asked. Thus they plundered the Egyptians. That means as they were going out, these slaves are being released. And they're going door to door. I don't know if this is exactly what it looked like, but hey, uh, all that jewelry that you got in there looks really nice. Can I have that? And God gave them so much favor that they gave them all of their wealth. The Bible says that they left with the wealth of Egypt in hand. How does that happen? We get this idea they were in the desert and they had to eat manna off the ground. And no, God prospered the children of Israel even in the desert. And I'm telling you, in the midst of pandemic and economic upheaval, God's desire is to prosper His people. He's not just going to let us suffer through, go scrape the manna off the ground. No, I mean, they did that. God had some wild ways that He provided for His people. But He prospered them. In fact, as they began to move into the promised land, the first city they went and they conquered was Jericho. And here's what was interesting about Jericho. They go, you know the story. You go around one time for six days. Last day, seven, you go around seven times. You lift up a shout, the trumpet blast, the wall's going to come. You guys know the story. The wall comes out. And they go in. They took that city. But the Lord said, I don't want you to plunder it. All the wealth, all the treasure, don't touch it. But every other city after that is fair game. You go into a house, you see something nice, you take that. You like that cloak? It's yours. You see a cow you like? Praise God. Take it. You know, I mean, you go. And he, they had wealth from every other town. But why the first one were they not allowed to take? It's a tithe. That first city belongs to me. 
And as they honored God with the victories and the breakthroughs and the provision in their life, as they honored, there was one guy, by the way, you can read the story, who did not honor that. He saw, he saw a nice cloak, he saw some stuff, and he took it for himself, ended up getting himself and several others killed. Achan, that's right. Obey the Lord. If you honor God with your finances, you're not going to come into an Achan situation. God's going to take care of you. And he's not just going to allow you to suffer through. He's going to prosper you. And I believe in God's supernatural provision. And I believe as we see the kingdom of God increasing and advancing upon the earth, I believe more and more we are going to see uh, wealth come in. In fact, you want to know one of the things that I'm praying? I feel mean when I pray this, but I can stand on a scripture. I'm praying that some wicked person lose their house. And then I get to buy it for a really cheap price. Why? Because God says that he stored up the wealth of the wicked for the righteous. And so there's some wicked person that's building me a house right now. They're going to front the bill and then God's going to put it in my hand. I know that sounds harsh and mean, but I'm just telling you, there's going to be some, there's going to be some like secret serial killer who gets exposed. He's going to lose his house and all of a sudden, I don't know if I'd want to live in a serial killer's house. Um, (laughs) We have to really bless and cleanse that thing before we move in. All right. Uh, I'm getting sidetracked. I'm sorry. All right. Uh, here's, here's, the next, here's the next one. You guys believe for God's supernatural provision? Amen. Praise God. Here's the next one. Oh, this is really good. New mercies. New mercies. I know this is not normal for the world. No, the, the, revenge is normal for the world. Let's sue the fire out of them. That's what the world says. But I believe there is a kingdom normal that says uh, there are new mercies. In fact, Lamentations 3.12 says, Because of the loving devotion of the Lord, we are not consumed. Is anybody thankful that God doesn't just burn you up every time that you, you mess up in life? Thank you, Jesus, because he is loving and devoted to us. But this is what he says. His mercies never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Every day for you, church, is a new opportunity. You blew it yesterday. Guess what? You, you got a new start. You got, a new, you got new mercies from God Almighty every single day. It's a new beginning. Proverbs 24, 16 says, The godly may trip seven times, but they get up again. But one disaster is enough to overthrow the wicked. Do you want to know what the difference between a righteous person and a wicked person is? Both of them will have failures and falls in life. But a righteous person says, I'm not going to stay down. Seven times over, they will pick themselves up. And by the grace of God, by the mercies of God, I'm going to move forward in this thing. I'll tell you what, if the devil would have his way, yeah, you're going to fail. And the devil's going to come and he's going to harass you to no end to the point where you say, I've blown it too much. I just can't even serve God anymore. But God is saying, I'm giving you mercies. I've given you new mercies, and I give them to you every single day if you need it. And most of us need it every single day, praise God. You pick yourself up. You're going to fail. Get up. Get back on that horse. Don't quit. None of this, you know, (laughs) did you know that when God forgives you, he really forgives you? And he doesn't, 
He, he's not going to like, for, I mean, it's like, have you ever met that person that, better be careful, I'm walking on thin ice here, I know. Have you ever met that person that you have an argument, but nothing really happens out of it, and six months later, you do something, you say something, just, you know, whatever. It might even be a little tiny thing, you know, but all of a sudden, Six months of grievances are brought back onto the table. Do you remember what you said five months, 12 hours, 36 minutes, and 12 seconds ago? This is what you said. Like, I, don't, I, don't, I don't remember what happened there. I don't, I don't even remember what I had for breakfast this morning, you know. You guys know what I'm talking about. So you got, you, got in, you got times and you got places where it's just like, man, we remember every grievance and every failure. But God doesn't do that. Do you know that when God forgives you, he, he really forgives you? And it's not even this kind of thing. I, I've heard, I'll never forget this lady come into my office my first year pastoring. And she, and she had some offense towards another family in the church. I didn't know. And I told her, I don't want to know about this stuff. Okay, just I, I love both you guys. And just, but she's like, he's like, that person hurt me. And I'll forgive them, but I'll never forget. And I'm just like, that does not sound like forgiveness to me. I'm like, you're going you're gonna to hold that thing over their head for the rest of their lives. You don't want to do ministry. You don't even want me to like that. That's not forgiveness. You know what I'm talking about? The Bible says, you want to know how God treats us? Micah 7, 19. Who is like God? Who pardons iniquity and passes over transgression? Thank you, Jesus. He does not retain his anger forever. He delights in loving devotion. He will again have compassion on us. He will vanquish our iniquities and cast all of our sin into the depths of the sea. Oh my goodness. Let me give you another one. Jeremiah 31, 34. I will forgive their wickedness and I will remember their sin no more. That means God not only forgives you, He vanquishes the sin and then He forgets about it. And I feel like there's been moments where people have probably come to God in the place of prayer. And it's like, man, you, 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 whatever, you get somebody cut you off in traffic and you, you lose it for a minute. You say something, you give a gesture that you, that you ought not to. I know I'm not talking to anybody here, praise God. But you, you do that and you step over the line and then all of a sudden you, 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 you feel bad. You know, Holy Spirit, hey, that wasn't right. And you get right with God. You repent of that thing. God, forgive me. And you know what he does. But here's what happens. Maybe you were driving to church when that happened. And you got right with God, right in that, Lord, I'm sorry, I should not have done that, I'm so sorry, and he'll forgive you. But you get in the place of worship, and then here comes the accuser, the devil, hanging on your shoulder and saying, you can't worship. You can't worship because of what you did to that person out there. You can't do it. And you try bringing it to God, and God... I'm so sorry will you forget. And this is what I feel like happens. And I, I, may, be, I may be wrong. My, my theology may be, uh, I don't know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm stretching things. But I feel like there's moments where God looks at us and he's like, what are you talking about? Because he's already forgotten our sin. Not only has he forgiven, but he's already forgotten. God, I'm sorry I did. I don't know what you're talking about. I, I already dealt with that. I already forgave that. I've already forgotten. That thing is already down in the bottom of the sea over here. Isn't that sea of forgetfulness? I don't even know. I don't know what you're talking. And listen, 
If God has forgotten it, don't you think it'd be wise? Why don't we forget it? Why don't we forget about it? And if God is giving us mercies every day, here's a very important thing. We must be a people that if God is going to be merciful to us, remember, he said, as freely as you receive, freely give. If you want God to be merciful to you, you must be merciful to others. You must be merciful to others. In fact, there's a scripture, scary verse, Matthew 6, 14. If you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly father also forgives you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. That is one of the most frightening verses in all of the Bible. I believe that there will be people that stand before God who have loved and served and worshiped the Lord, but they get some offense between some brother or sister that they do not want to reconcile. They flat refuse. I will never go stand in the same building with them. I will never be around there. And they will never forgive. They will never release. They will never be merciful towards them. And they stand before God. And he said, the way that we judge other people is the same measure of judgment that we're going to receive on that day. And if you're unforgiving, God will be unforgiving. Wow. But God is merciful. And you're going to be merciful. Amen. We're going to be merciful. We're going to forgive. We're going to ask, Lord, help me forget this thing. Help me forget. Amen. All right. Let me give you the last one here. Number, what number is this? Five? Five, I think. Yeah. Um, here's a kingdom normal. Freedom from sin. Freedom from sin. Oh my goodness. I already touched on this a little bit, but do you understand? Your bondage is broken when you understand your identity in Christ Jesus. The, the Bible talks about how when Jesus came, he was going to do something. There's a prophecy in Matthew 121. And he was speaking to Joseph about his wife. And he said, uh, Mary will bring forth a son. You will call his name Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. And it says this because he will save his people from their sins. That literally means that what God is going to do is he's going to take and he is going to separate us from our sin. And there's a difference between being saved in your sin and being saved from your sin. If we're saved in our sin, that means that our life goes on business as usual. We're doing all the same things and, and we're saved. The problem is the Bible doesn't ever say that that happens. He says he will save us from our sin. He removes our sin from us. He takes our sin and casts it away. But there's a problem if we choose to live in that sin. Embrace that. I, I want Jesus, but I want to keep my sin. Doesn't work that way. It, it, just, it just does not work that way. But I want you to understand that when Jesus Christ came, he came to destroy the works of the devil, even that which is over your life. He came to bring us freedom and liberty. Galatians 5, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. I want you to understand that Jesus came to destroy every shackle of bondage that has been upon your life. That crutch that you've had your entire life, I'm telling you, you can learn to lean on Jesus and he will destroy every yoke of bondage that has been upon your life. That sin that easily besets you, you can lay that thing aside according to Hebrews chapter 11 and you can move into a realm of freedom. I'm telling you, God has freedom for you if we would only receive it now I want you guys this is what I want you to do do you know I, I pray for this kingdom normal 
almost every single day. And you want to know how I remember? Here's a very, very simple way that we can remember. You want me to give you a, a simple way that you can remember all of the points that I've given you today. This is our kingdom normal. You ready for this? Yeah. Our Father who art in heaven. Do you guys know this? Let's recite it together right now. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil or the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, what does that have to do with anything, Pastor? That's how Jesus instructed us to pray. Now watch this. Our Father who art in heaven. You know what that is? That's our identity. That was the first point, being secure in our identity. Hallowed be your name. You know what that is? God. You're awesome. You are holy. You are mighty. You are magnificent. You are merciful. You are incredible, God, and I worship you. Hallowed be your name is awesome worship. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's this whole message combined right here. That's how we begin to pray. God, I see the kingdoms of the world being shaken, but your kingdom will not be shaken. So let your kingdom come to the earth. Let your will be done right here. Give us this day our daily bread. That is God's provision over our lives. That is his supernatural provision that is being released over, in, and through each and every one of us. Give us this day our daily bread. Go to the next slide. He said, uh, lead us not into temptation, right? But deliver us from the evil one. You know what that is? That's, oh, no, forgive us. I, I get it mixed up. I'm sorry. Here we go. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. You know what that is? New mercies. New mercies. That means God's merciful to us. And we forgive others their sins. And he's merciful and we're merciful to them. And then do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. You know what that is? That's freedom from sin. That's freedom from sin. And here's the last reminder. Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. You understand, God has the authority to do all these things. The devil's not going to win this thing. COVID's not more powerful than, than God. The economy, the stock market, none of that. None of that is greater than our God. God is greater than all these things. He's greater than the day. He wins at the end of the day. His kingdom is not being shaken. It is being established. And we are receiving it. Wow. Well, I preached for too long. Did that help you out? Does that help you out? I, I want to welcome my, my worship team, and we're going to pray. We're going to close this thing out. And we're going to take some time, as our custom is, and we're going we're gonna to take some time, and we're going to pray for one another. But just before we do that, I want to be sure, some of you watching right now, some of you who are here within the sound of my voice, you might say, Pastor, I'm not, I'm not really sure that I'm a part of the kingdom of God. Maybe this, maybe this COVID pandemic has really derailed you. Maybe you're, you're, you're fearful. You don't even know how to handle this. And I, I'm watching this. And I'm can, can I just, 
can I be real honest with you for a moment? I feel like if, if you, you feel like your world is falling apart in this time, that to me is an evidence that you're leaning too much in the world system and not enough in God's kingdom. Just being honest with you. If this thing has just absolutely derailed you, and I am, I'm just be, beside myself, I don't know what to do, I'm, I'm fearful, I'm, I'm anxious, I'm no, 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 no. I'm talking about you. You just you're not being wise or anything. But I'm just saying it's it's really really messed you up. I would encourage you to really examine which kingdom am I a part of? Am I a part of the kingdom of God? Because I I'll just tell you guys, I've had so many moments over this pandemic, over this last three months, where I've turned to my wife and I've said, Leah, I feel the pleasure and the joy of the Lord over my life in a way, and I didn't know. You guys, we haven't met as a church. And so I'm just thinking like, Leah, we need to save. We need to be ready. If, if Dr. Morocco has to lay us off and we don't, we don't get a we need to be ready for that. And we made sure we were ready for that. But even preparing for that, I tell you, I had this joy that I, I just can't even wrap my head around. I've had a peace in the Lord. And I tell you, uh, thankfully, that's not had to happen. In fact, our giving as a church has actually gone up. Last week, we had one of the largest giving weeks in the history of our church. Mind-boggling. How does that happen? We're a part of a different kingdom. It's the kingdom of God. And His kingdom is not being shaken. If your life has been shaken, it's time to check. Am I in the kingdom of God or not? I want you to stand to your feet and we're going we're gonna to pray. You want to know how you can be a part of the kingdom of God? It's very simple. You just have to receive the king of the kingdom. That's it. You want to be a part of the kingdom? You just need to receive the king of the kingdom. We're going to ask Jesus to be our king, to be our Lord, to receive us into his kingdom right now. I want every head bowed, every eye closed. Whether you're watching online, whether you're here in this room with me right now, I'm going to lead us in a prayer, and I want you to pray this. We're going to ask Jesus. Maybe you need his mercies in a new way again today. And we're going to ask him to do that, and he is merciful. Would you just pray this prayer with me right out loud? Pray, dear Jesus, I ask you, Lord, forgive me. I ask you, give me your new mercies. I know I failed you, but I thank you. You died for my sin. You shed your blood so I could be washed, cleansed, and made brand new. You rose from the dead, and you're coming back soon. I ask you, be my Savior. Be my Lord. Be the King of kings in my life. I ask, receive me into your kingdom. Help me to live my life in a way that honors you. I thank you, Lord, for your mercy, for your grace over my life. Speak to me, Lord, how I can honor you. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, praise God. You know, this is what I want to do. If, um, if you prayed that prayer with me, 
uh, and you meant it, maybe this is the first time you've prayed it in a long time, maybe the first time ever, I want you to connect with one of our ushers. You come talk to me yourself before you leave this place because I, uh, I want to give you, we've got a, like a new, a new Testament. I want to give you just, just some, some steps and some practical things how you can get on track with God. If you're watching us online, I want you to send a message to our King's uh, Lahaina page and say, hey, I made a decision for Jesus today and, uh, and we'll see what we can do to get, to get some material in your hand to help you move forward in the Lord the way you ought to. Amen. Now, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray a blessing and we're going to release our, our guys online. Thank you for joining us. Um, and then we're going we're gonna to just worship the Lord and we're going to go after him a little bit here. But uh, let me just bless you right now. God, I just thank you for, for what you're doing in our midst. I thank you for your mercies. I thank you for your presence and your power. You're moving in our midst, Lord. Thank you for speaking to us. And Lord, we receive your unshakable kingdom. We know the systems of the world will be shaken to its foundation, but your kingdom will come and your will is being done. We thank you we get to be a part of it, Lord. I bless those who are watching, those who joined us today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you guys online. So thankful to have you with us. And this is what we're going to do.